Good morning, this is Hot Honor Presents Empty Talk, a podcast where we talk, debate, review and create film and TV content, mainly from Britain. My name is Madulani and I'm here with Michael Honor. Welcome back everyone, welcome, welcome back. back. Welcome people. Thank you for tuning in to another Empty Talk podcast. What number is this? Uh, I want to say seven. seven. Woohoo! We made, it. Seven. we made it to seven. We made it to seven. It's pretty cool I think. It's pretty dope, it's pretty dope. Yeah. Well today we have a very, very special podcast for you guys. Because it is the debut of our um, podcast stories, our audio stories, um, which is basically us where this is basically where we're going to be writing like scripts and kind of trying out ideas and putting them out on podcast form and audio form so you can listen to them. And um, we we debut with Amelda's project. Hello, um, Amelda. <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit a little bit about this project and what it's called? Uh, well, this project is called How I Got Trapped Being a Sister Wife. Oh, yeah. Um, I was heavily inspired by today's kind of uh, Instagram culture mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. females and how um, there's a sort of rhetoric going around that, you know, women are like, oh, well, a man needs to pay for me on the first date. And, yeah. you know, if he isn't getting his wallet out then he ain't nothing and he ain't a man for me you know and you know how can you expect me to be wearing my wig and you know you not and you not pee <laughs> if i'm wearing my wig you have to pee you know and i think that whole kind of idea of like how um a woman wants to be taken care of you yeah, know i think yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, interesting yeah. to see girls um and and women and, and older women sort of um latch onto that idea mm. and that rhetoric of like I want to be taken care of and I yeah. don't want a man to not quote unquote do his job or do yeah, his yeah, part yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I find that fascinating because mm-hmm. I feel like we've sort of almost gone 360 in some parts mm-hmm. um, but yeah yeah so I was really inspired by that mm-hmm. I was inspired by I just wanted to do something really fun yeah. and something really light and something really funny mm-hmm. Um and I wanted to do a story time esque story yeah, that yeah, 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 everybody yeah. could listen to, yeah. and everyone could tune into and just follow along. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. How did you find writing for like audio rather than writing for like visuals, like writing for film or TV? How did you find the different the change? I always was find, there a change? Uh, well, I always find writing for audio a little bit harder because um, I'm a very very visual writer mm-hmm. i'm a very visual person so when i i take a while to sort of really get into like the description of the people and get into the description of the places and yeah. and everything and i always feel like aesthetic is like one of the characters in a piece of work and um kind of stripping all that away mm. made me have to really rely on the language to do all of that and really rely on, okay, how can I transport them from one place to the next? And I'm yeah. not even, like, that musically inclined when it comes to film, mm-hmm, as mm-hmm, much as mm-hmm. you are, obviously. But um, yeah. overall, it was it was, it was was really fun because I got to uh, write what I would want to listen to, if that made sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I hear that. I hear that. And it was, it's, um, 
I'm biased, but it's it was really enjoyable to work on and to hear and to edit. It's it's a really 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 good project. Really, yeah, really no, I I appreciate that because um, yeah, I don't I don't know how it would be received, but I hope everyone likes it. Um, I hope people can laugh along with it. It's really light. There's no kind of underlying like commentary or anything. I was mm. just inspired by different things that I'm seeing at the moment, and yeah. I'm just trying to poke fun at things. Very much a comedy. It's very much a comedy. Yeah, and have fun with things and just like be as silly as possible, but also kind of enjoyable as possible. But um, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that's how I got trapped being a sister wife. Oh, amazing. We want to give a spe- special shout out to all our friends and family that um, <laughs> that uh, came and and lended their voices. For yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna shout out. We'll give everyone a shout out um, in no particular order. Um, Thomas <laughs> Roberts, um, who played Blonde Man. Um, my mum, Kathy Sandy, that um, played the lovely African woman at the end. <laughs> My dad played the club host man did in the in the beginning. He, he did, did a great indeed. job. Yeah. Um, Isa Two Kate, shout out to you <laughs> being <laughs> woman in in skirt suit. Yeah. Shout out to Emma Roberts. Um, yeah. Being a very was... lovely, polite host. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Ugo Omugalu. That's the rider. The That's MVP. My bro. The MVP. Two roles in one. That's Two roles guy. in one. Um, who else are we missing? James Walker, that played the man. Um, yeah, the, the man. The lovely, greasy man. Thank you, James. Shout out to Robbie, my brother. Robbie Aloni. Who was the MC. The cow. The g- <laughs> also known as the cow. Also known as our boogie. Our boogie. Go check out Glitch. He's an amazing dancer. He's an amazing dancer. And an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Robbie. Shout out to Tom McIntosh that played our priest. Our priest. He Thank really you good. so much for that. Yeah, you did a phenomenal job. Um, I think that's shout it. Shout out to. There's no one else. We said Tom Roberts. We said. Yeah, that's everyone. Is that everyone? That is I'm everyone. Really scared we're gonna miss someone out now. I know, I know. If we miss you out, sorry. We but we, the biggest shout out goes to Hannah yes. and to Piwa, obviously yeah, being yeah, our yeah, Daisy yeah, and yeah, Ian. Yeah. We appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, Hannah and to Piwa, you did an amazing job. We Thank had you. so much fun doing it. Yeah, man. And here's to many, many, many more. Audio here's so many more. Here's so many more audio stories. Um, so this is how I got trapped being a sister wife, and I hope you enjoy it. Much love, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'm currently sitting in a hotel room waiting for my new flame. We're spending the night and going for an early morning swim whilst having champagne and pancakes and tropical fruit for breakfast. The gorgeous sunrise in the distance and the sea breeze tickling my Peruvian wig. I just want to give you a taste of why I sound so calm with a hint of excitement and a dash of pizzazz and an ever so slight sprinkling of arousal. Sometimes I think I might have been better off signing up to be a reality TV star on those dating shows like Love Island or Too Hot to Handle. You know the ones where I wear bikinis all day and embark on questionable moralist behaviour in the name of love and TV ratings. I tried, but I had to sign up for it and wait for ages and do all the mental tests and be isolated from society for a while and do all this other stuff that really impeded on things. I'm somewhat an influencer. Well, no, I'm a socialite, <laughs> more Paris Hilton in 2002. I don't necessarily believe in Instagram culture. But I do believe in women taking what they deserve and running for the hills with it. 
I'm Daisy, by the way, like the little flower. I thought it would be good to get acquainted before I start blabbering on about last night. Oh, <laughs> I just got a package. <laughs> I'll open it in a sec. Where was I? So, I've been known to not be very impulsive and I thought it was time for a life change. So, last night, I grabbed the raging bull by its horns and rode that beast right to this room in the Marriott. This afternoon, on zero hours sleep, high, hungover, but with a new boyfriend and a full new wardrobe and bank account that has monthly deposits in it, courtesy of my new boyfriend. Did I mention I have a new boyfriend? <laughs> Last night, I feel like the universe really heard my cries and orchestrated the most incredible story for me. I have someone who is kind and caring and well-endowed and dotes on me hand and foot like a little lapdog. So I am encouraging all of my sisters, take that grunting, enraged, steaming bull by the fucking phallic horns and ride him into the sunset because you deserve it. Too good to be true does not exist. I was supposed to be on a date with another man who cancelled just as I had arrived. I stepped in those gorgeous glass doors and the lights were so dim. I felt so vulnerable, yet so incredibly important. I was greeted by a woman in a skirt suit. Welcome, ma'am. May I take your coat and bag? I watched her perfectly placed lipstick and nodded. Just as she glided away with my belongings, I got a text on my phone. My baby cat has just died and I have to go to Kuwait. Can we reschedule? I'll be back next year. Jake wasn't coming. Great. I always knew he was a prick, but I loved the food in these restaurants, so I kept on coming back for more. And the sex was good, so that's two for two. What else did I need? A real man. That's what I needed. Welcome, Mum. Can I get a reservation name, please? I was hungry and I looked sensational, so the name's Vanilla. Vanilla Ice. I was apprehensive about doing the solo date thing. That was a trend I was not a fan of. I found it quite sad, slightly pitiful, and a little bit forced. Why would I date myself when I have men to date? Anyway, I was at my table in the midst of a sea of people who also have good taste in restaurants. Nobody else was on a solo date. Would anybody else be joining you, Mom? No, I'm on a solo date. Is that code? No, I'm just dating myself. In this establishment, we do not discriminate against sexuality or gender identities. However, she's... And there he was, my knight in shining armour, my provider and protector, my man, my boyfriend. Only at this time he wasn't my boyfriend. Just a grey-headed creep who'd intruded on a conversation I could have well handled on my own. He took my hand pressed his lips to race, look me dead in my eyes, and said, I'm sorry it took me a while, but I'm here now. My heart skipped a beat, and although he seemed to be greasy from perspiration and 30 years my senior with leather skin and dewy lips, I knew that something riveting was about to happen. I will leave you both. My sincere apologies for the misunderstanding. The waiter walked away and I was sat opposite a silver-haired man with midnight skin staring into my soul like he could really see me. My vulnerability was at an all-time high and I returned his gaze. We watch each other for what feels like an eternal lifetime. 
finally smiles. His teeth are so white and blinding, I can't help but blush. I'm Ian. It's beautiful stunner like you deserves a drink. A drink? All drinks. The decor, the atmosphere, the attention. Do you say that to all pretty girls? You're not just a pretty girl. Thank God I wasn't standing because my knees going weak would have failed my facade, as would my irregular heartbeat and my very sweaty back. I want to take you somewhere nice. I thought we were somewhere nice. I was in for a treat. Let's get you cold. I'm Daisy, by the way. Like the little flower. He spoke my language. Tick, tick, tick. Right. To give you a bit of context at this point, I'm being driven in an all-black Bentley with cappuccino interior to a place in London where the destination cannot be disclosed by Ian Shofar and I'm sipping on champagne and nibbling on Spanish strawberries whilst Ian sends emails from his iPad touch and takes what sounds like cryptic business calls. All I can say is that where we went was a club, an exclusive club. And I only knew it was exclusive when I was patted, or rubbed, down by an armed bouncer whose identity I also cannot disclose, and my ID and fingerprints were scanned and taken. I remember walking in through the velvet draping and feeling the gust of wealth hit me. It's like my posture straightened as soon as I inhaled the essence of generational wealth that circled the room. Arma de Brignac Brut Rose for the VIPs. I already had two glasses on the way here, but this champagne looks more expensive. Ian took two glasses before I could get through my now slow thoughts and handed me one. Thank you, Claude. Claude moved on to his next duo of VIPs. I took a sip of the Armand and felt it go straight to my head. I hadn't eaten. Ian put his arm against the nape of my back. He leant into me and whispered. If you want to go somewhere more private, we can. He didn't smile. He didn't even wait for an answer. He just guided me softly through the scattered elite. Ian, lovely to finally see you out with... Daisy. She's as delicate as her name suggests. I can see this. You must follow us down into Batcave. We'll definitely rough you up in there. Might intend on being roughed up tonight. <laughs> well, you're in good hands. You're the first woman Ian has brought here. Many of us are on our fifth mistresses or escorts. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, we'll see you again soon. And at that moment, I realised I might have to be completely shit-faced to enjoy this social gathering. So I downed my amand and held on to Ian, taking his lead for the rest of the night. Why haven't you brought another woman here? Nobody really seemed fit. And how many women are you going to bring after me? Hopefully just the one mistress. That would imply that we're together. I'm working on it. My favourite song comes on. It's by Calvin Harris and the king himself, Frank Ocean. You know the one. The one that makes smoking weed on a scorching hot summer's day in an underfunded abandoned basketball court seem like an A24 movie. Yeah, that song. It vibrates through the blood red velvet floors up the embossed wallpaper and the entire room feels the depths of the song. The thickness of Frank's sexy baritone, the exhilaration of being intoxicated and having your senses tickled, the freedom of being wealthy.
Now, I can't particularly remember if the people that were in that room were dancing, but I do remember Ian's perfume. It was a vanilla must that reminded me of woolly jumpers and cupcakes. I remember the taste of his skin on my lip. I remember his cool hands against the heat of my back. His eyes, a deep sapphire, held a little twinkle when it was in that moment. I realised that he wasn't so bad looking after all. He was charming. And he was going to be my boyfriend, not because I wanted him to, but because he wanted to be. And it was nice to be wooed. After all, I deserve this shit. All this shit. I know what you're thinking. You're ready to start a relationship with a man you barely know. It's funny, isn't it? Nobody has an issue when it's Romeo and Juliet. I saw true love last night. The stars aligned for me. The day I say I want to be impulsive, I get stood up by a metronome and find a jazz quartet. Yes, please. If that's not a sign, then I don't know what is. Ian is my boyfriend. My boyfriend. My rich boyfriend. <laughs> I wonder what's in this package. <laughs> See, the thing is, I wouldn't consider myself a hopeless romantic. I'm more of a practical romantic. Romance can make sense. I shouldn't have to die for it, and I don't need to sacrifice for it. We're in the day and age where you can make romance work for you. You have the choice. Oh, <laughs> it's a box. I had one of these when I received my graduation pictures, which was also the day I realised that education was a lie. That's one thing I love about Ian. He doesn't believe all a woman is good for his education. He believes women were made for more, and I jumped his bones after that. A 21st century man that has his shit together. <laughs> Sorry, let me just mop up my dribble from this bed. <laughs> anyway, back to last night. Where was it? Uh, dancing, yeah. At this point, things began to get a little hazy, but what I can remember is that I ended up on the bar. Coyote ugly style. But this time it was more J-Lo in Hustlers. I remember whipping my hair to the music, which I believe at this point was some kind of Beyonce, and doing my best J-Lo in the sand. Love don't cost a thing impression. I slut dropped all over the bar whilst a sea of red faces cheered and not so secretly about their crotches. I do remember thinking, be impulsive, just do it. So I took a bottle of tequila and down that shit, sprayed a bottle of champagne all over the room and dropped into the splits. I'm pretty sure I motorboated Ian too, but that is yet to be confirmed. Who wants another time? <laughs> then I time travelled. For those of you who don't know, time travelling is a phrase that describes when you get so drunk and black out and come back to consciousness in a future time and different place. I don't know what that place was and don't exactly know when that time was, but I do know that I was surfing a crowd in a completely brand new white cocktail dress in a building that had the most gorgeous skylight. We were definitely in some sort of penthouse. A penthouse with live music and a group of corporates yelling, Chuck, Chuck, Chuck! Classy. I was helped down by a baby-faced man with blonde hair tied up into a neat bun. His suit shirt was undone and drenched in sweat. His eyes were dilated and he was pretty much hopping. <laughs> I wanted to get in there first. Next time you can surf with me. Do you want a drink? 
I don't really remember who exactly this baby-faced Blondie was, but I do know that he was a friend of Ian's and he was lovely. My inhibitions were non-existent and I couldn't hear, so I said, Good thanks, you! Am I interrupting? Ian! He still smelled like vanilla and must. I remember nuzzling him, then he said, You need some fresh air. We walked through the dark, empty streets. The houses were gorgeous. Very refurbished townhouse London. The still looming of the tall trees and buildings, the vintage cars. The quiet made things way more romantic. And the breeze calmed my racing heart, cleared my head. I took a deep breath and exhaled. There was a cloud of vapour in front of me and I stared at it for a while, wondering what it would be like to be a wisp. What are you thinking about? Whether I'll ever be free. Free? To do whatever I want. To get up and go with nobody asking. To have what I want without fighting. Or to live somewhere like this. To be someone like you. It's a bit embarrassing. But I cried, standing there. Under a lamppost amongst really gorgeous houses. Hidden in the back streets of South East London. I think it was South East. I hadn't seen this area of London, though I lived in the city all my life, and for some reason, it could have been the alcohol, I felt like someone was standing there laughing at me, saying, you can't blame us. Ian stepped to me and put both of his hands over my ears, and then he said, The only thing you should be listening to is the voice that speaks from your heart. And then he put his hands on my chest and said, Your heart speaks your desires. And then he leant towards me and rested his forehead on mine and said, And your mind gives you the tools to get those things. <laughs> you don't need one of these houses. I have one of these houses. I have houses all over the world. These houses mean nothing. They're brick from the ground. I kid you not, in that moment, I did not expect what happened next. Ian reached into his blazer pocket, took out a raw egg and threw it across the street. It splattered on a window. It splattered on a window. Where did he get a raw egg from? But he didn't stop there. He had more eggs. He threw them and threw them at this one house in particular and I could not stop crying with laughter. Then... Oh my God! Go, go, go! Oh my God. He's around the corner! <laughs> I was being impulsive and it fucking paid off. We ran down the street, bust the corner and jumped in his Bentley with his chauffeur, whose name I still can't recall, and cried and laughed and kissed and had the most amazing, most intimate, most sensual night together. In that blacked out Bentley with the cappuccino interior with topped up champagne and Spanish strawberries, D'Angelo coming through the sound system so intensely we were vibrating. Ian looked at me for a while and took a little white pill and popped it on my tongue. Now I'd never taken any kind of psychedelic before, I'm not a fan of hallucinogens, but in this moment, drug of love, it seemed so fitting and the night continued. This is when shit got crazy. And I mean crazy because I cannot remember a thing. You can't stand on the grass. Please, you can't stand on the grass.
body feels like it's been hit by a truck several times after going to the gym for four hours. You kind of feel naughty but with a glimmer of pride because you made it without doing anything permanently stupid. Yeah, that. I don't have any tattoos or piercings. I didn't shave my head and I didn't wake up in a cell. I woke up in this bed, my new boyfriend's hotel bed, with a note from him on the bedside. It says, We'll be back in time. Breakfast is on its way. Last night was amazing. So, obviously, after waking up, I looked through my pictures to find any cues on what the fuck actually happened last night. I only have four pictures and they're barely focused. Okay, so there's me eating a hard-boiled egg with Ian in the background cheesing his shit off. The church from down the road. It's a picture of Ian in front of the steps crowd of people in what looks like an underground sewer and oh my god I think that's Ian and Drake what the fuck two seconds it might be another package <laughs> babe hello hey are you ready to go go where who are these men Abba Tolu from last night last night you haven't packed I bought you your new clothes to go in your suitcase not to be spoiled around in your room Ian could you just wait for a second? Daisy, we have to be on a plane to Nigeria in an hour. Let's get going. Nigeria? Yes, Nigeria. Did you get your license and the package of wait, tickets? Wait, 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 wait. Why are we going to Nigeria? And who are these men? Aben Tolu, bodyguards from last night. Why do you need bodyguards? Daisy, is everything all right? I don't understand what's going on. Everything seems a bit rushed. It's okay. I told you once we get settled in, I'll introduce you to everyone. I'll show you the house, take you around the village, You'll meet Amaka. She'll help you get used to me. You're going to make a wonderful princess. What? What? Pr pr princess? Yeah, when you marry a prince, you become a princess. Ma ma married? You, who the fuck got married? You, we, since when were you a fucking prince? I'm Prince Ian of Ebel Tribe. No, no, no. You... Uh, I, we, <laughs> when did this happen? Last night. Oh, oh my God. I know it's a lot, oh, no. but we spoke about this yesterday. Amaka's going to show you the ropes, and you're going Who to Who the great. fuck is Amaka? My wife. I, I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Oh, Daisy, please, we don't have time. Abba, Tolu, grab her things. Meet me in the car. Let's Daisy? go. Uh, Madame, Madame. Daisy, please, let's not fight here. Oh, oh, go let go. Get, get off of me. Grab her hands. Stop it. Let's go. I'm trying to grab her hands. Can you? Are you slow? Stop it. Stop it. Get off. Get off. Okay. No. No. 
I mean, you want to fight? Don't worry. I don't get paid enough here. Mwah, take my belt. And that's how I got trapped being a sister wife. That's it for today. Make sure to follow us or subscribe to us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and Spotify and wherever else you might find us. We love you. Thanks for helping us rewrite the British story in film and TV.